time for Love Talk with the lovelies, Evelyn, Kathy, and Carrie. Love talking today about women in the word. Thank you, Gavin. We always see the other day, and I am so happy because we have the three love ladies together today, and it's just a, such a joy these last couple of weeks. Happy to have you in the studio with us, and um, why don't you introduce yourself to us? Oh, today? thanks, Evelyn. It's, this is Kathy Enderbrock. It's been such a joy to be in the studio with um, with the beautiful Evelyn Davison and the amazing Coach Carrie Brinkater to actually be together. In studio, not calling in. Oh, and listeners, thank you so much for those times when you're so faithful to listen in. When I'm calling in from Boise, Idaho, we know that it's a little bit of a different vibe when I call in rather than being in the studio. But I tell you, listener, I have just as much fun calling in and getting to spend time with you regardless of where I am. But if I had my druthers, as my mom would say, I would get to be with Coach Carrie and Miss Evelyn every week right here in studio with Gavin sitting right behind us. And we've been in this incredible series, Women in the Word, which we are starting to wrap up now. And uh, listeners, I just I just would really encourage you to go into our archives at thelovenetwork.com and listen to some Love of Talk these Network. Back- what did I Love say? Love Talk Network. Love Talk Network. Yeah. Com. Did I say Love Network? You did. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we don't know where that will take you, friends. Don't go there. Uh, yeah, I've got a Love Network. <laughs> yeah, we've been there and done that one. <laughs> Love Talk Network. Love Talk Network. Com. Go and check out some of our archives from these previous shows. Well, it is a beautiful day in Austin, Texas. We're just enjoying being together at the bridge. Today's Christian Talk Radio on 101.1 and 1120 AM. And if you are live streaming us friends from your iPhone or right there on your PC or Mac. We're so glad to be with you today. We are talking about women in the word and we are talking about servant leaders. And uh, last week we got into a bit of uh, servant leaders uh, with the very first pro-lifers and the very first political activists. And this week we're going to be talking about servant leaders in the church and servant leaders of Christ. Carrie, I'm so excited about this, about this final show today. Well, I know. It's it's absolutely been amazing. I don't want it to end. Now, friends, we are going to continue a little bit with this series with women in the world and really bring it home, really make it applicable to our lives today, which I, I think these women in the word have, they've, they've just blessed me. I've learned so much Thank you, Kathy, and thank you, Evelyn, for pushing me to um, get into the Word, and I never, ever thought I would be writing radio shows. <laughs> I, never, I never thought that. I love it. Love um, it, love it, love it. So I... I I always thought maybe if I if I went into ministry that I'd be a speaker, that I'd be doing that, which I guess I am over the airwaves. Um, but this has just really blessed me and pushed me. And, friends, I would encourage you to get out of your comfort zone because yes. this is out of our comfort zone. You know, Miss Evelyn's prolific writer. Kathy's a prolific writer. I am not. And so oh, yes, for- she is. Well, this has forced me to get out of my comfort zone, and I'm so very, very grateful and thankful. Galatians 6, 9 is our key verse today. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. How many of you need to hear that verse today, friends? Oh, man, what a comfort. Uh, we've been going through some things in, in our personal lives. My daughter's had some health issues, and, and we just kind of really have felt attacked by the enemy. And um, it's just... 
I, I find myself some days worrying more than I've been joyful um, or trying to joyfully worry, which they don't coexist very well. Um <laughs> And uh, my grandmother used to say, worry is like a rocking chair. You can sit in it and you can rock, but you just don't get very far, right? <laughs> like, it's so true. Like, that rocking chair is just sitting there waiting for me to get in it with all my worry. And the Lord says, hey, Carrie, you know, come to me. Do not grow weary, for at the proper time, there'll be a harvest. Oh, that's so comforting. Thank you, Jesus, for those words because I've really needed them. Oh, girls, we're heading to the state tournament. I can't wait. I'm super excited. Um, my team has uh, just been through so much this year, and it would just be such an absolute coup if uh, we could pull it off. Yeah. I just tell you what. Did your team take the championship last year, or did we they did. come? You did. Okay, so you're defending last year. a title. We're defending a title. When we lost three very key seniors who were huge uh, for us, and so this year, just the girls that um, haven't seen a whole lot of playing time over the last couple of years have super stepped up. I'm so proud of them. This is why I coach. Y'all can tell. I've just got this big grin on my face. I love seeing young women just um, find out that they can do more than they ever thought that they could do. And that's physically and mentally, mm-hmm. right? And these women we're looking at today teach us we can do more than we thought we could ever do spiritually. Well, and I love the whole fact of where the strength comes from to step up. We were looking last week at when we are stepping forward, we need to step forward with courage and kindness. And so mm-hmm. Faithy, she, she's my youngest. She also plays basketball. And she tells me sometimes, Carrie, she's like, that girl's no fun to play with because she plays angry. Mm-hmm. And, and so there is a huge difference between these girls who hit the court playing hard and taking some, some a little bit of risk, but mm-hmm. pushing forward, driving themselves forward doing it with courage, but Mm -hmm. also a gracious kindness on the court and not playing angry. Right, right. Well, there's a big difference between being aggressive and going after what you want and being angry, right? And we saw that last week when we talked about the midwives and we talked about the five daughters of Zlofahad, how they weren't aggressive and angry. They they were um, thoughtful and pushed through with a logical means to get to their ends. And Wow, just what, what a joy. They, they were basically servant leaders in that regard because they were not asking for themselves. Yeah. But for a whole generation. Yeah. For a legacy mm-hmm. and a future. Oh, well, it's important when we realize when we are stepping up and stepping out that while God has a plan for us specifically, it is not all about us. He wants to achieve something in someone else's life, in, 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 a, in a community, in a nation. He wants to do something with our lives that is bigger than our individual mm-hmm. life. And when we're able to see that purpose behind it, that boldness behind it, that huge plan behind it, I think it does help us to step forward and move forward with courage and grace. Well, this series, if you're if you're going, whoa, what are these ladies talking about? If today's your first day to ever hear Love Talk with the Love Ladies, welcome. And go to our archives, like Kathy said, at Love Talk Network, because we started this series with the beginning, with Eve. And I, I learned things about Eve mm-hmm. that I never knew before. We talked about heroines and harlots. Yeah. They exist in the Bible. Absolutely. Still um, exist today. Absolutely, too. right? We talked about friendships, toxic ones, as well as healthy ones. Um, oh, our weeks on the three wives. We spent two weeks 
on the three wives, Vashti, Esther, and Zeresh. My goodness, what what they can teach us about how to conduct ourselves, how to deal with our men, how to how to how to work through a problem, and as Miss Evelyn says, how to paint and powder, right? <laughs> and then last week with the pro-lifers and our first feminists, um, just so much, and how God has shown favor over and over and over and again to women and empowered them to live out lives that. Um, serve him in glorious ways. Now, Miss Evelyn, before we get into the meat of this program, okay, we're talking about servant leaders today. What what does that mean to be a servant leader? Well, it means that, um, first of all, that you're serving the Lord Jesus. You're not serving yourself necessarily. Mm. Uh, you're leading in the direction of what it is that he has established in the way of faith and joy eternity and so a servant leader uh, basically as we were talking about with you know uh, the sons of thunder uh, the whole line uh, of judah was um, they had deacons with paul and they became servant leaders and one of the things that the opposite of that is is that person that's the climber, that person that wants to make an impact for their own good. Mm. So when you're serving, when you're a leader and you're a servant leader, you take your focus off of who you are and develop it into those that the Lord brings into your territory. And a servant leader needs approval of a master. And who is that? Mm. It's Jesus. A servant leader seeks the joy of those he serves joy i think that's so important you know when you have a a waiter or a waitress and they are really interested in you having a good time it makes a huge difference and i think so many times when we are serving we want to be serving up joy before we're serving up anything else Mm. and you know to some of us (coughs) carrie brinkater this comes naturally (laughs) but other of us you know we 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 need to work out a little bit more we need to press further into Mm. that relationship with christ to really be overflowing with that joy that he would have us bring to other people's lives and a servant leader uh, will always forego his own rights rather than obscure what it is that christ is working on mm. uh, the establishment, the validity of, of the Gospels and what God, what Jesus had to say and how he lived. And then a servant leader does not look for recognition. And that's the hardest of all of them. Well, you know, Ms. Evelyn, I, I'm taken aback by this as I think about there's two men in our church that are servant leaders. They never look for recognition. Um, they do things behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, they come up and they cut the grass. Nobody's asked them to do that. They they just do it. And they do it like early, early, early in the morning, like right as the sun comes up so that they don't disturb. And, so, and also so that really nobody has a chance to kind of see who they are. But mm-hmm. they do it. They clean up the church grounds. Um, they they make the coffee. They 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 just do all of these things behind the scenes. These two men are just the epitome of servant leaders. They never ever look for any kind of recognition. And these jobs that nobody even thinks about are done. You know, it's interesting because a, a, a servant leader those tasks that other people would see as menial tasks, mm-hmm. a servant leader will see as a meaningful task. 
And I think they really are able to draw out what other people don't see. They're able to see how those tasks will be meaningful in the lives of others. Having that hot cup of coffee, seeing that beautiful, Mm -hmm. well-groomed property. And so, friends, we are going to be talking about servant leaders. We're going to be talking about groups of women in the Bible, in the New Testament. We went to the Old Testament last week. This week, the New Testament, we're going to talk about groups of women who were servant leaders and how they stood up, how they stood out, and what they did in between. You're going to want to stay with us for today's program. It's impacted our lives. It's going to impact yours. Stay with us through these messages, and we'll be back with you on Love Talk. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found Love Talk with the Love Ladies. Welcome, welcome. There is a reason that you are here. We cherish our friends that are listening, and we so appreciate you. And thank you to our sponsors. Many of our sponsors have been with Miss Evelyn for over 30 years. What an absolute blessing um, and just a joy to, to know that we have people that support this program and that believe in this program and that believed in the vision of Miss Evelyn Davison to bring healthy, courageous talk, love talk, to the airwaves 35 years ago. Thank you for that, Miss Evelyn. And that's what we're talking about today is brave women, servant leaders. Um, Roman, Paul Paul never ceases to amaze me. Now, remember, Paul is the guy who used to be Saul and was persecuting Oof. Christians. And he was persecuting Christians. And then Jesus um, kind of blinded him on the road. And Saul had a conversion. He he found Jesus in a very real way, and he's he's carrying on this legacy of teaching and preaching and establishing churches all over. Yeah. Go ahead, Miss Evelyn. You know he took a two-year journey before he started his ministry. He did need to take was, some time away, and you yeah. know this is he was blind. Of- God took away for him to see physically, literally, to the. To the position that could he he could hear yeah. the Holy Spirit. I love when we had that guest speaker Tom Doyle because oh, I yes. always used to think, oh, this 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 happened for Paul, you know, two thousand years ago, and you know, not quite two thousand years ago, but pretty close. But I don't know that that really happens today. And Tom Doyle, he was about he was just about to get right up out of his seat, laughing so hard because. He, this is happening throughout the Middle East. This is mm. happening today. And, um, friends, if you want to read about these things happening, mm. you can go to Ministry 838. You can go just Google on, or, or Amazon, Tom Doyle, and he has three books that will chronicle over and over and over again these miraculous conversions of Christ appearing to uh, Muslims in the Middle East and completely changing their lives. It's, and it's, it's incredible. And in the Dallas area, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's oh, in America. They're mm-hmm. coming together. Well, and I think that Paul was so grateful. You know, he, he had gone through so much. And the way he writes Romans to thank, mm-hmm. he uses the first part of chapter 16 to thank women and men, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of women mentioned here, who have been faithful servants to Jesus' ministry, which is Paul's ministry. And and 
aren't we thankful? I am so thankful when my husband says to me, thank you for doing the laundry. Thank you for whatever. Like, I just, I crave that. I love it. I, I think, thanks for noticing me, right? And the, I think Paul is saying, women, I see what you're doing, and thank you. And so he goes through very methodically. Um, he mentions Phoebe, our, our sister here, the deacon of the church, um, the champion, the one who has stood by in case of need. And then he mentions Mary. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. That means that she she worked for Paul and was was a um, a person who helped him out greatly. Junia in Romans sixteen seven. She was a fellow prisoner. Mm-hmm. I I. I and apparently a huge encouragement to Paul, or he wouldn't have thanked her. Um, Tryphenia, Tryposa, and Persis. In Romans sixteen twelve, it says, women who work hard in the Lord. Rufus's mother, we don't know her name, but she was Rufus's mother. I feel like I'm Mackenzie and Logan's mom, too. Like, I don't have a name either. <laughs> Romans sixteen seventeen. greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me, too. Oh, Wow. Paul, man, he is a man. He He's saying thank a you. A remade man. Right, a remade man in Christ's image who is so comfortable in himself that he can say thank you, thank you, and thank you. I could not do this by mm-hmm. myself. You are a servant leader, and you have impacted my life greatly. Um, he speaks of these women who performed good deeds for the faithful, especially for the preachers of the gospel. He speaks of these women affectionately. He He's encouraging others to emulate these women, to, to, to show their love for Christ followers as well. And he's showing his gratitude and respect for these women. And this is one of the things I love about these ladies as well. You know, I think so often with, you know, Paul was a preacher. He basically traveled. He shared the gospel. He ministered. He established churches. And so often we go to those men in leadership, our pastors, and we look at them as though they are there to serve us. They are mm-hmm. there to encourage us. They are there to help us. If we are down, they are to lift us up. And one of the things that I love about these women is they said, no, 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 Paul, what can we do yes. for you? How can we help you? How can mm-hmm. we encourage you? And Junia, a fellow prisoner, rather than having Paul minister to her to get her through this difficult time in prison, she helped Paul get through this difficult time in prison. And that has just been a huge wake-up call to me to say, hey, Kath, you know those men in leadership, those men who are preaching, those men who are stepping up, they need your encouragement. They may, they may bring you a message on Sundays, but Monday through Saturday, you need to be seeing how you can go and pray for them and help them and meet their needs. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just so grateful to these women who are willing to stand up for Paul. And they really remind me of, of Corey Ten Boom because, you know, again, mm-hmm. as we introduced our segment earlier, uh, our, our first segment, we said these these women were were um, were sharing the gospel during the reign of, of Nero where there's this woman, Corey Ten Boom, and it was at the height of Hitler's rule that she saved and ministered to Jew, to Jews who were being persecuted, who were being killed and rounded up. 
Corey Tinboom's life was on the line every day and every moment. She did not shrink. She grew. She did not hide. She provided light and hope and refuge to others. And she had ingenuity and saw possibilities where others saw impossible circumstances. And, uh, you know, we can be those same kind of women today. And now, ladies, I want to tell you, sometimes I just think being a servant leader, that the whole idea of that is too much. Standing mm-hmm. up and, and standing up for others and, and withstanding hardship, that can be so overwhelming to me. I just think, you know what, all I can do, I just want to focus on Christ. Mm-hmm. I just want to be faithful to Christ. And 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 um, he can do with my life what he will, but I just want to focus on him. And so, mm-hmm. ladies, if that's where you're at today, listening, friends, men, women, if that's where you're at today, we do want to look at this incredible group of women who persevered and were faithful to Christ throughout his ministry. And sometimes that's what we need to do. We need to draw back and say, okay, I just want to be faithful to Christ and let him do with my life what he will. So we're going to meet some incredible, incredible women who were, who persevered and were faithful to Christ through Christ Jesus throughout his ministry. There is Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. These are incredible women um, who many have heard about. Um, they were sisters who really opened their home to Jesus as he travels. They became good friends to Christ. Mary, we see her in one story where she's fit, sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to his teachings Um, and then Martha gets a bit upset with her little sister because Mary's not helping in the kitchen and uh, Martha tells Jesus hey Lord don't you care that my sister's left me to do all the work by myself (laughs) tell her to help me and Jesus replies Martha you are worried and upset about many things but only one is needed and Mary has chosen the better and it will not be taken away from her so Carrie, does that did did Christ not like Martha? And have what would you would you be a Mary or Martha? Like help us with that passage. Okay, I I am totally a Martha. I am totally a Martha. And when I first um, learned this passage, you know, years ago, I I kind of got mad at Jesus. I was like, really? Somebody's got to do the cooking. Somebody's got to get the <laughs> plates ready. Somebody's got to sweep. Somebody's got to make sure. I was like, I don't get this. Well. As I studied and realized that, you know, Jesus, Jesus loved Mary and Martha. Um, in fact, um, it's the only part of scripture where um, it says that Jesus loved someone mm-hmm. it, and, and it specifically mentions. And then they had a brother named Lazarus and we see a beautiful story. Family. Um, you know, it, it, yes, he loved them like family, Miss Evelyn. Well, he was basically just telling Martha, you know, uh, Martha was serving, and, and but based on Jesus's correction, we learned that she was doing so from a place of distraction and worry. Mm-hmm. Like, oh gosh, it's not going to be good enough for Jesus. I I got to make it all right, you know. And it, it, for centuries, those who identified with Martha have felt guilty, including me, for serving instead of sitting at Jesus's feet. Because Mary kind of just seems like this poster child for getting it right. Like, I have friends that are Marys. And they never worry about the food and the dishes. And they want to just sit at Jesus' feet, and they're just so much more easygoing than I am. And But we've overlooked the fact that there's nothing wrong with serving. And how do we know this? Okay, so this was in the book of Luke, the passages that we just read. You know, we see 
um, Martha, you know, talking to Jesus, going, come on, Jesus, aren't you going to get mad at Mary? Well, in the book of John, chapter 12, verse 2, we see that Martha is found serving again. Yet Jesus does not tell her to stop or to change her attitude here. This is his little God wink, right, to, to all of us that are Martha's. Our serving is not the problem. Yet sometimes our attitude while we serve is. Yes, there's a time for sitting, but that is not what makes us loved. Even when we've had a bad attitude, Jesus' love remains. I think about family meals where I have fretted about, and, I, and I, I've tried to do better over the last couple of years of just going, okay, well, if I burn the, the bread, no big deal, right? Like, nobody cares. We're, we're together as family. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And I've tried to enjoy more just being with my family and being around those that I love instead of fretting about and, and getting stressed out. I don't really like that word. Fretting is, is more like it about, you know, the, the process and just enjoying the process. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Jesus wants to see from us. So Martha's Never fear. Go to John and get your solace there and understand that our attitude about serving is what's important. When we return to Love Talk, we'll see some more friends that love on Jesus, that, that, that sit down at his feet, and their focus is only on him. They are faithful to their master. Right after these messages here on Love Talk. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found Love Talk with the Love Ladies. Welcome, welcome. There is a reason that you are here. We cherish our friends that are listening, and we so appreciate you. And thank you to our sponsors. Many of our sponsors have been with Miss Evelyn for over 30 years. What an absolute blessing um, and just a joy to, to know that we have people that support this program and that believe in this program and that believed in the vision of Miss Evelyn Davison to bring healthy, courageous talk, love talk, to the airwaves 35 years ago. Thank you for that, Miss Evelyn. And that's what we're talking about today is brave women, servant leaders. Um, Roman, Paul Paul never ceases to amaze me. Now, remember, Paul is the guy who used to be Saul and was persecuting Oof. Christians. And he was persecuting Christians. And then Jesus um, kind of blinded him on the road. And Saul had a conversion. He he found Jesus in a very real way, and he's he's carrying on this legacy of teaching and preaching and establishing churches all over. Yeah. Go ahead, Miss Evelyn. You know, he took a two-year journey before he started his ministry. He did need to take he some was, time away. And you yeah. know, this is he was I'm blind. Like, God took away for him to see physically, literally, to the. To the position that could he he could hear yeah. the Holy Spirit. I love when we had that guest speaker Tom Doyle because oh, I yes. always used to think, oh, this 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 happened for Paul, you know, two thousand years ago, and you know, not quite two thousand years ago, but pretty close. But I don't know that that really happens today. And Tom Doyle, he was about he was just about to get right up out of his seat, laughing so hard because. He, this is happening throughout the Middle East. This is mm. happening today. 
And um, friends, if you want to read about these things happening, mm-hmm. you can go to Ministry 838. You can go just Google on or, or Amazon Tom Doyle, and he has three books that will chronicle over and over and over again these miraculous conversions of Christ appearing to uh, Muslims in the Middle East and completely changing their lives. It's, and it's, it's incredible. And in the Dallas area, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's oh, in America. They're mm-hmm. coming together. Well, and I think that Paul was so grateful. You know, he, he had gone through so much. And the way he writes Romans to thank, mm-hmm. he uses the first part of chapter 16 to thank women and men, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of women mentioned here, who have been faithful servants to Jesus' ministry, which is Paul's ministry. And and aren't we thankful? I am so thankful when my husband says to me, thank you for doing the laundry. Thank you for whatever. Like, I just, I crave that. I love it. I I think, thanks for noticing me, right? And I think Paul is saying, women, I see what you're doing. And Thank you. And so he goes through very methodically. Um, he mentions Phoebe, our, our sister here, the deacon of the church, um, the champion, the one who has stood by in case of need. And then he mentions Mary. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. That means that she she worked for Paul and was was a um a person who helped him out greatly. Junia in Romans sixteen seven, she was a fellow prisoner. Mm-hmm. I, I, and apparently a huge encouragement to Paul, or he wouldn't have thanked her. Um, Tryphenia, Tryposa, and Persis. In Romans sixteen twelve, it says, women who work hard in the Lord. Rufus's mother, we don't know her name, but she was Rufus's mother. I feel like I'm Mackenzie and Logan's mom, too. Like, I don't have a name either. <laughs> Romans sixteen seventeen. greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me, too. Oh, wow. Paul, man, he is a man. He He's saying thank a you. A remade man. Right, a remade man in Christ's image who is so comfortable in himself that he can say thank you, thank you, and thank you. I could not do this by mm-hmm. myself. You are a servant leader, and you have impacted my life greatly. Um, he speaks of these women who performed good deeds for the faithful, especially for the preachers of the gospel. He speaks of these women affectionately. He He's encouraging others to emulate these women, to, to, to show their love for Christ followers as well. And he's showing his gratitude and respect for these women. And this is one of the things I love about these ladies as well. You know, I think so often with, you know, Paul was a preacher. He basically traveled. He shared the gospel. He ministered. He established churches. And so often we go to those men in leadership, our pastors, and we look at them as though they are there to serve us. They are Mm -hmm. there to encourage us. They are there to help us. If we are down They are to lift us up. And one of the things that I love about these women is they said, no, 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 Paul, what can we do for you? How can we help you? How can we encourage you? And Junia, a fellow prisoner, rather than having Paul minister to her to get her through this difficult time in prison, she helped Paul. 
get through this difficult time in prison. And that has just been a huge wake-up call to me to say, hey, Kath, you know those men in leadership, those men who are preaching, those men who are stepping up, they need your encouragement. They may they may bring you a message on Sundays, but Monday through Saturday, you need to be seeing how you can go and pray for them and help them and meet their needs. And so I'm just so grateful to these women who are willing to stand up for Paul. And they really remind me of, of Corey Ten Boom because, you know, again, mm-hmm. as we introduced our segment earlier, uh, our, our first segment, we said these these women were were um, were sharing the gospel during the reign of, of Nero where there's this woman, Corey Ten Boom, and it was at the height of Hitler's rule that she saved and ministered to Jew, to Jews who were being persecuted, who were being killed and rounded up. Corey Tinboom's life was on the line every day and every moment. She did not shrink. She grew. She did not hide. She provided light and hope and refuge to others. And she had ingenuity and saw possibilities where others saw impossible circumstances. And, uh, you know, we can be those same kind of women today. And now, ladies, I want to tell you, sometimes I just think being a servant leader, that the whole idea of that is too much. Standing mm-hmm. up and, and standing up for others and, and withstanding hardship, that can be so overwhelming to me. I just think, you know what, all I can do, I just want to focus on Christ. Mm-hmm. I just want to be faithful to Christ. And 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 um, he can do with my life what he will, but I just want to focus on him. And mm-hmm. so, ladies, if that's where you're at today, listening, friends, men, women, if that's where you're at today, we do want to look at this incredible group of women who persevered and were faithful to Christ throughout his ministry. And sometimes that's what we need to do. We need to draw back and say, okay, I just want to be faithful to Christ and let him do with my life what he will. So we're going to meet some incredible, incredible women who were, who persevered and were faithful to Christ through Christ Jesus throughout his ministry. There is Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. These are incredible women um, who many have heard about. Um, they were sisters who really opened their home to Jesus as he travels. They became good friends to Christ. Mary, we see her in one story where she's fit, sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening to his teachings. Um, and then Martha gets a bit upset with her little sister because Mary's not helping in the kitchen and uh, Martha tells Jesus, hey, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? <laughs> Tell her to help me. And Jesus replies, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one is needed. And Mary has chosen the better and it will not be taken away from her. So, Carrie, does that did did Christ not like Martha? And have what would you would you be a Mary or Martha? Like, help us with that passage. Okay. I, I am totally a Martha. I am totally a Martha. And when I first um, learned this passage, you know, years ago, I I kind of got mad at Jesus. I was like, really? Somebody's got to do the cooking. Somebody's got to get the plates ready. Somebody's got to sweep. Somebody's got to make sure. I was like, I don't get this. Well, as I studied and realized that, you know, Jesus Jesus loved Mary and Martha. Um, in fact, um it's the only part of scripture where um, it says that Jesus loved someone mm-hmm. it, and, and it specifically mentions them. And they had a brother named Lazarus and we see a beautiful story. Family. Uh, you know, it, it, yes, he loved them like family, Miss Evelyn. Well, he was basically just telling Martha, you know, uh, 
Martha was serving, and, and but based on Jesus' correction, we learned that she was doing so from a place of distraction and worry. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, gosh, it's not going to be good enough for Jesus. i I got to make it all right, you know. And it, for centuries, those who identified with Martha have felt guilty, including me, for serving instead of sitting at Jesus' feet. Because Mary kind of just seems like this poster child for getting it right. Like, I have friends that are Mary's. And they never worry about the food and the dishes. And they want to just sit at Jesus' feet, and they're just so much more easygoing than I am. And But we've overlooked the fact that there's nothing wrong with serving. And how do we know this? Okay, so this was in the book of Luke, the passages that we just read. You know, we see um, Martha, you know, talking to Jesus, going, come on, Jesus, aren't you going to get mad at Mary? Well, in the book of John, chapter 12, verse 2. We see that Martha is found serving again. Yet Jesus does not tell her to stop or to change her attitude here. This is his little God wink, right, to to all of us that are Martha's. Our serving is not the problem. Yet sometimes our attitude while we serve is. Yes, there's a time for sitting, but that is not what makes us loved. Even when we've had a bad attitude, Jesus' love remains. I think about family meals where I have fretted about, and, I, and I, I've tried to do better over the last couple of years of just going, okay, well, if I burn the, the bread, no big deal, right? Like, nobody cares. We're, we're together as family. Mm-hmm. It's okay. And I've tried to enjoy more just being with my family and being around those that I love instead of fretting about and, and getting stressed out. I don't really like that word. Fretting is, is more like it about, you know, the, the process and just enjoying the process. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Jesus wants to see from us. So Martha's never fear. Go to John and get your solace there and understand that our attitude about serving is what's important. When we return to Love Talk, we'll see some more friends that love on Jesus, that 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 sit down at his feet and their focus is only on him. They are faithful to their master. Right after these messages here on Love Talk. And welcome back, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock in studio with the beautiful Miss Evelyn Davison and the vivacious Coach Carrie Brinkater. We are the love ladies today on your Love Talk Network on the bridge, today's Christian Talk Radio. And we've been talking about women in the word. This is our last segment on this beautiful Saturday in Austin, Texas. Uh, whoever is, um, whether you're listening in Austin, in another state, or uh, across the pond, as they would say, we're so glad that you're joining us for today's segment as we are talking about women in the Word and looking at servant leadership and uh, specifically groups of women who have served in the church as it was first forming during uh, the ministry of Paul. And now in these last two segments, we have turned and looked at the groups of women who served Christ specifically. Because I think sometimes if if we're serving, we're serving in the church and everything seems so overwhelming. We just need to stop and refocus and realize that ultimately we're serving Christ. And so, Evelyn, this... Um, we have just a, the last few groups of women, and you were going to talk with us about Salome, this other faithful woman, woman uh, that we see in the New Testament. 
Salamone, and that's a funny name. <laughs> You're going to get all these others. Um, she was um, she was a big power package, I think. A power and, package. Yes. I love that. And 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 the ministry between you know the women and and the men. And of course, she was the mother of the Sons of Thunder and James and John. And you know, uh, when you look at a woman and you look at their children, it's really easy sometimes to see. How God is changing things, you know, if, if, especially in the area of personality. And we don't, you know, we've done a lot of that. But the thing was that she was a follower of Jesus from the very beginning. And it was a public ministry. She didn't hide it. And sometimes, you know, women have a tendency to not do that. But uh, she followed Jesus, and she taught her sons and that they need to follow Jesus. And she w- she was present at the crucifixion mm. uh, along with the other women. So she had a place of prominence in, in the ministry, those that ministered to Jesus. Well, and this is one of the things that I love about Salome. You know, you talk about her son, James and John, the sons of thunder. Um, and, and it was, you know... During the rise of Christ, if we say the start of his ministry, thousands were following him. And you'd think, okay, a woman would be like, wow, if my sons follow him, they're going to have it made. They're going to be in prestigious Mm -hmm. positions, powerful positions. But then we fast forward and see Christ on the cross. And rather than Salome saying, you did not live up to what I believed you promised Mm -hmm. me. You did not bring me prosperity. You did not do what I wanted you to do instead of. Instead of walking away with unmet expectations and bitterness, she pressed in and persevered and said, I will be faithful through all of it. Well, you know, she was uh, present at the crucifixion. You know what else? She was the woman who came to anoint Jesus in, the, in his body. I mean, she, she had power. Uh, she had presence. But she had devotion as well. And she her devotion was rewarded by the invitation of an angel that Jesus is alive. It was to her, to her that the angel came and said, guess what? I got good news. Jesus is alive. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what our job is today, Kathy, is to say, Jesus is alive. He's alive in me. He wants to be alive in you. When we focus, when we turn our focus to Jesus, things change for us. You know, we, we start to say, okay, Lord, you take care of that problem. You take care of that issue. And we see that with Salome and just how she's faithful through the ups and through the downs and mm. through the things that maybe she didn't understand. She knew that this message of Christ, this new covenant that he was bringing was so different and she knew that it was truth with a capital T. And um, <laughs> so we see her turning her focus to Christ. Now we, we move to a passage of Scripture with a Gentile woman or a, a Canaanite woman. There's some debate there. Um, I, I'm not a Bible scholar, so I can't really necessarily speak to that. But Gentile woman, we'll stick with that, in Matthew 15, verses 21 through 28. Let's look at this exchange between Jesus and a woman and the disciples. Then Jesus left for Galilee and went north to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Gentile woman who lived there came to him, pleading, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David, for my daughter is possessed by a demon. 
that torments her severely. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away. She's bothering us with all of her begging. Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. Mm. But she came, she persisted, and she worshipped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. And Jesus responded, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Again, she said, Lord, you know what? That's true. But even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. And Jesus said, oh, dear woman, your faith is great. Your request is granted. And her daughter was instantly healed. Kathy, these verses can be very confusing, and I don't want us to get confused. I want us to look at the faithfulness of this woman who is speaking to Jesus and having this unbelievable courage just to to continue in her faithfulness to Jesus as the disciples want to send her away. I love this gal because she is totally counterculture right now. (laughs) So not only is she a a woman approaching a man, which is not customary, Mm -hmm. but it says that she's a Gentile woman, which means that she is non-Jewish. Um, so she's approaching a Jewish teacher, yet she is a non-Jew. And um, so she recognizes Jesus is the promised Messiah. And and we see this because she calls him, O Lord, Son Mm -hmm. of David. So she acknowledges him as the as the promised Messiah. And, and this is the thing that is so incredible about this woman, where she is a direct um, example for us to follow today. She is not offended. And mm-hmm. I mean, the way that Christ responds to her, he gives her every opportunity to be offended in a huff and walk away. But she does not. She presses in. I mean, when Christ tells to her, hey, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. What he's telling her is, you are an outsider. I am not here for you. She continues to press in. She came and worshiped him and was pleading with him, Lord, help me. And then Christ responded, it's not right to take food from children and throw it to the dogs. I mean, any of us would have walked away in a huff, but not her because she knows who she's dealing with. She wants this. She wants this healing for her child. She is bold and she is courageous. She is not rude. She is not disrespectful. She goes to him with this incredible humility. And she says even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. So she goes to him basically saying... I know who you are, and I know who I am relative to you, and this is my request, and I'm not going to let you go without you hearing my request. This is incredible. This is the kind of woman that we want to be going to Christ with our needs, going to Christ with our desires, and knowing that he is there to listen and to meet our needs. He is the promised one, and he promises us that we can approach his throne uh, for anything. And we need to not be so easily offended, not offended by the gospel, not offended by one another, not offended by his followers. Because remember, the disciples wanted to send her off. Yeah. How many of us have walked into a church or have walked 
in amongst a group of, of Christians and are easily offended. We cannot be offended by what we see on Facebook or in social media. We need to continue pressing forward with humility and to stand for right and to be gracious and continue to stand as servant leaders. So this is just striking faith that she has, striking persistence, striking humility, and Christ answers her request, sends her away, completely healing her daughter. And so we have to ask ourselves, um, where do we stand today? As a servant leader, there's Priscilla, Phoebe, Junia, Tryphena, Tryposa, Persis, Rufus' mother, all of these incredible women that are mentioned in uh, Romans chapter 16. 16. Mm-hmm. And we can go and read from these ladies Carrie, what are you taking away from these gals today? You know, I, I, I love what you said. You know, our pastor's been in this series of, uh, of difficult, how to handle difficult people. And this was one of the passages that he used about not being offended. And I think for us, as we, we can't be offended by the word no either. You know what? Sometimes God wants us to be faithful and just come back again and again. And 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 we have we serve a benevolent Father, friends, who who loves us so greatly, and he he wants us to to come to him with these needs. And we see this with this Gentile woman. That's so true. And friends, so we have to ask ourselves: Are we willing to be a servant leader? One, are we willing to be a leader where where Jesus calls us to be a leader? Are we willing to stand up? Are we willing to stand up for others? Are we willing to withstand hardship? And then are we willing to be a servant, a servant first, a servant to Christ, going to him for all of our needs? Friends, we want to just tell you the best way, the best way to step forward into the future and the plans that God has for you is to going to God first. Admit that you are a sinner. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Believe that Jesus Christ is God's son and that he has died on the cross and rose again, died for your sins, rose again in power over sin. Confess your faith to Jesus Christ and share it with others. If you want a good day, share with others. Share the light that Christ has placed in you. We've had such a fantastic time sharing women in the word. If you have questions, email or call us on the love line at 512-249-6535. We would love to put a Bible in your hands. We will send that out to you at no cost. Listen, uh, listen to us on the love on the archives at lovetalknetwork.com. Like us on Facebook. Send us a message. It's been a great Saturday with you, friends. I'm Kathy Indebrock. With me is Coach Carrie Brinkader, Evelyn Davison. It has been a pleasure. God bless you this week. We'll see you again next Saturday on Love Talk.